If you call the Okanagan your home, you almost certainly know a business person. Entrepreneurship is in our blood, as is the incredible sense of community. So this podcast series is really about all of us, all of us who love local. It tries to tell the stories of the dreamers, the risk takers, the people who built this place and who put in new foundations to strengthen it every day. Our guest today is Frank Berkers, who came from the plains of Netherlands and somehow ended up on a ski hill above Vernon, armed only with his love for baking. I'd like to welcome you, Frank Berkers, to the show. Uh, yeah, thank you, you so much for coming. Um, Frank is the owner and operator of Bugaboo's Bakery Cafe, so I'll let you describe the business in your own in your own words, Frank. Yeah. Well, Bugaboo's Bakery Cafe is like a European-style bakery and coffee shop. So in the past, I always used uh, Lavazza coffee, one of the best coffees in Italy. And last year, I decided to start roasting my own coffee. Uh-huh. And then all the baking that I do is like a European style, so we don't use any artificial ingredients. It's real butter or olive oil. The good stuff. And you've been on Silver Star Mountain for a few years uh, now? For 24 years now. Holy moly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Came here when Silver Star was a little bit smaller and there was no coffee shop on the mountain. And right. I did some negotiating with the mountain and they just loved me here. So yeah, sure, we want it. So yeah. my business in the Netherlands, where I'm originally from, and started here. So uh, t- tell us more about how you came to discover Silver Star and uh, you know start up again. Yeah, well, I uh, I went in '79 for the first time to Canada because mm-hmm. I got a visa in Langley and absolutely loved it here. I said one day I want to live in Canada. Right. Came back ten more t- nine more times, and mm-hmm. I always said the tenth time when I come to BC, I got to live here, and that's exactly what I did. Right. So number eight and nine, we start. No, no, maybe number nine. We started traveling a lot in BC and all the ski resorts because I wanted to be on a ski resort. Uh-huh. And being, so we went being Dutch, obviously, that was. Yeah, logical. I wanted to be in the mountains. Yes. Yeah, you could see things. You look down. Yeah. So we started in uh, Whistler, of course, in Vancouver, and then all the way to Alberta Rockies and couldn't really find what we wanted to have. Right. And then we came back to the Netherlands, and then I had a friend phoning me. He said, Frank, how are you doing? You never visit me. And so no, you live in Ontario. I never come to Ontario because it's almost the same as the Netherlands. It's just on an elastic band because it's way bigger. Yeah. He said, no, 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 I moved to Winfield. So where the hell is Winfield? He said, oh, it's between Kelowna and Verland. Oh, we've been there. It's so hot because we visited in yes. the summertime. He said, yeah, we go to ski today. He said, oh, where are you flying to? He said, no, 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 there's some ski resorts in our area in the Okanagan Valley. He said, are you crazy? It's just way too hot. It was like 38 degrees when we traveled through the Okanagan. Yeah. He said, no, no, serious. So he sent me some info, jumped in a plane, was here a month later, and first started in uh, Big White, then looked at Sun Peaks, but they were just starting to develop over there. Right. They only had one chairlift and it's called Top Mountain, okay. which in Germany means Death, Death Mountain. By now they changed the name, of course, to Sun right. Peaks. But. And then I came to Silver Star and walked in the village, and I looked at my wife, and right away we said, yeah. This is it. Well, sorry, now it's my ex-wife. And yeah, right away we looked at each other, made an appointment for the next day with the owners at that time, and they loved our idea, and a year later we came here. Fantastic. I mean, and you know, I think both the listeners and I certainly can relate to that whole thing of walking into the village and saying, 
this is it because it's magic. Yeah, it's colorful. People are happy. It's just there's there's life. There's living things in the village. Like some of the ski resorts, you have a big parking lot, and you get into the lift, and that's it. Yes. But here, everybody has to walk through the village, and it has a certain charm. It does. And right at the end of that little walk, before you get on the slopes, yeah, is bugaboo. Well, I see it the other way. I see it when you come skiing. <laughs> it's the first thing you see and smell is bugaboos. It's also true. <laughs> and then the ski racks are right outside, so you can pull up, uh, pull up, and get your uh, coffee yeah. fix, and uh, and other bits. There's a lot of baking that you do, isn't it? Yeah, I bake everything fresh every day. Mm -hmm. I don't believe, as I said, in artificial ingredients, so it has to be fresh every day. Yeah. So a five o'clock start or four o'clock yeah, start? Yeah, we have a really early start. In the summer, I do all the baking myself, but in the winter, I have two bakers helping me. Right. And every baker that comes has his own recipe, so it's okay if it works, then try something new. Right. But the, mainly, the recipes are mine. And where, where does that come from? Is it a family thing that you... Uh... Well, my grandmother, she uh, she was trained by Dr. Utker. Dr. Okay. Utker is a big company now. Yes, but pizza, at that time, bases. he was a chef and she got her training in Germany and loved baking. Right. And I think it always skips a generation. My mom was horrible at baking, and, but a nice cook. <laughs> yeah. And then I picked up baking and I went to baking school in the Netherlands. And then in, after a few years, you can choose, or you go to bread section, or you go into pastries. Right. And I love the pastry part. Just you creating something. Like, and I love to try out new things. Yes. So new flavors, new croissants, just different kind of fillings. And yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's really rewarding. Like people look at my counter and they say, "Wow!" They don't know what it is because it's it's so unique and so different. Yes. For sure. I mean, uh, yes, I've been in that position of looking at it. Tell me, some, I mean, uh, everyone knows about your bear claws. Uh, a couple of the, you know, amazing creations that people who come here this winter can look forward to. Uh, well, a few typical Dutch things that I have are chocolate-covered cream puffs. Mm -hmm. So it's a puff filled with whipped cream, and I dunk them in Belgium calabar chocolate. Right. I have a few customers that have been knocking on the door while we're closed. They wanted to have <laughs> banana eclairs. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I have a vanilla cream in the bottom, real banana, real whipped cream, and then drizzle a little bit of chocolate over on top. Yeah. So those are things that For me, it would be perfect without the chocolate. But yeah. it's a very popular thing. Well, and of course, the apple strudel and, yes. and the main things. But I do, do, I do it the European way, yeah. which is just a little bit different than cutting some corners. and. I believe in quality, so it's the best apples that I can buy. I always go to Davis and Orchards, buy my apples there, try to sort everything out locally, yeah. as much as I can, of course, because my coffee beans, they are organic and uh, fair trade. They come from uh, Middle and South America. Excellent. And so what, uh, I mean, obviously it's been a very interesting year for all of us, but especially in the you know food and restaurant. Yeah. It was a little bit different closing three weeks last year. That was just the beginning of our spring break, so I had so much product left over. And some things you can freeze, and I made the food bank really happy with everything I brought down. Nice. And there was one thing that I didn't like to have, that was my whipped cream. I had 52 liters of whipped cream. <laughs> so I decided to make ice cream. Never made ice cream in my life, but mm -hmm. I just used fresh ingredients and whipped cream and nothing else. People absolutely loved it over the summertime. Nice. And our summer was great because we, well, we opened a little bit later, but as soon as we opened, there were so many people from, well, they couldn't go anywhere. So they stayed in BC or they came over from Alberta. 
we had a great summer and everybody was sitting outside and happy and well, we live in Yokohama, so the weather is always good. That's true. But for this winter, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge yeah. with all the rules and regulations. Yeah. So we eliminate half of our tables inside, but I decided to build some outside tables and benches. Mm -hmm. And next week, my heaters are coming in, so people are dressed warm for the winter anyway, so they yeah. can sit outside and still enjoy the coffees and baked goods. Hundred percent. It's. Uh yeah, I mean, uh, it looks different in here, for sure. Um, some of us have been coming here for years. And you've got a separate entrance and exit as well. In terms yeah, of, because uh, well, the lessons was always yeah, a big lineup in there. And I don't want to have people leaving the same door as other people are coming in. Yeah. So I decided to make a little vestibule. So the side doors are now for exit, and the front door is still for entry. Mm -hmm. And I made a little takeout window as well. Yes. So people don't have to wait inside for the product, but they're outside under the heaters. Yes. And then do it that way. So I just, you know, the, the only thing, the dream would be a takeout counter which you could come up to on skis. But that's probably <laughs> in the future. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the heaters will be a nice addition as well. Well, actually, we had it one time Did that you? people, the snow was so high. Was it two years? I think it was two years ago. We right. had so much snow. Yeah. That the next our balcony. It was the same level as the, the snow, so people just come skiing. They just jumped on my deck, didn't even take the skis <laughs> off, walked to the front door, open the door, yelled, Frank, what are And then they just took it on their skis, skied down the staircase, and straight to the lift with the coffee cup in their hand. Perfect. Perfect. Yes, it, uh, that would be fun again. But tell me about your coffee now, because uh, I, as you said, you were, you know, you were always known for your Lavazza, and you've always been known for your coffee. Last year you started a whole new experiment. Yeah, well, the roasters always were really big, so I had absolutely no room in the little cafe that we have. And then I went to a coffee and tea show, and it just came out with a new roaster that would fit on the counter. Yeah. And I always wanted to roast my own beans. Just, it's a nice experience. The smell is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So I hooked up with a, coffee, a green coffee supplier out of the States, and he imported so many different kinds of beans from all over the world. So I tried 20 different kinds of beans, and I narrowed it down to 10, narrowed it down to four, and those are the beans that I'm still using. So I'm roasting it myself, I'm blending it myself, yeah. and I have beans from uh, Guatemala, and the farms are run by women, and they're organic. And the same with farm in Colombia, the women are running the farm, and they're organic as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, you, I know the experimentation you went through at the start of last season. So once you've narrowed down to the beans, I believe there was even degrees of roasting and stuff. Oh, right, yeah, right? sure. Yeah, there's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. And I think I experienced them all. So it took a little while and a lot of full garbage bins before I got the, well, for me, perfect roast. Yes. And the people really loved it last year. So I gave them the option of, or still have the Lavazza beans that I used to, yeah. or my beans. But three quarter into the season, I stopped doing the lavazza because everybody chews my beans. So I think I'm doing something right. You are. And maybe there's a little sideline in that business someday. But, um, you know, just back to the to the baking and just talking about, you know, as you said, you immediately felt like part of the community when you got here. Uh, but you were new to Canada. And there's so many people, business owners as well, who move to the Okanagan and start a business. How do you, you know, become part? I mean, obviously, 24 years is a long time, but... The first couple of years, how do you become part of the community? How do you get word of mouth out? You know, what, what, 
tactics would you recommend? Well, I don't know, of course, how it is in the valley, but here on the mountain, everybody comes from somewhere. Yeah. There's a new generation now, they're born here and grew up here, mm -hmm. growing up here. But when I came, everybody came from a different area, so they know how hard it is to get into a community. Yeah. But for us, we arrived here in September. I started the renovations in September. And for Thanksgiving, something new for me, coming from Europe, we don't have Thanksgiving. Yes. We had three invitations already to have a Thanksgiving dinner. So that was, wow, that really surprised me because I know it's a family thing. Yes. But we were adopted here like in no time. The thing is that the very first day when I started my baking was on the 11th of November. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a single customer. So I looked at my ex-wife, like, oh my God, what did we do? Like, oh. So the next day I brought all my baking across the street to where the offices are. Right. And they were like, wow, this is so nice and so different. And then from then on, water mouse started and in no time it was, it was really taking off. And that's, that's the community strength, isn't it? Word yeah. of mouth and... Yeah, and, and it's a really, and it's not a big community, it's not like a big city, but yeah. everybody is happy here. Because you live in the nature, you can ski in the summertime, you bike, you hike, the wildflowers. There's so many things to do. Yeah. So everybody is, is happy. And another thing is that everybody is so fit. Coming from the Netherlands and being a baker, that's not my body is not really built for hiking and running. And but you just they don't. It doesn't matter. You're part of the community, and they take you as you are. I know you don't think too far ahead. You focus on the here and now necessarily, but. Well, what, what's next for you in the next five, ten years? You know, where do you see yourself going until you retire? Yeah, well, in the short term, it's surviving this winter. Yeah. See how it goes with COVID because yeah. regulations differ every day. They come out with new things and I just hope that they don't shut us down. Yeah. But I think the mountain did a really good job in, in restricting certain things. And of course, you cannot make everyone happy. And it's got to be the same in here. But I have, people have to wear masks. It's a limited seating. But we try to do our best. But for the long term, my plan is to still be here 14 years and then I maybe can sell the business or see how it goes. But I always said I want to be a business for 50 years. Started when I was 21 years old in the Netherlands. So 50 years I'm going to be 71 and hopefully I'm still fit enough to do everything what I like. But I always said if I don't smile or whistle or sing for a week, it's going to be a for sale sign on the door. <laughs> well, we've never seen that yet, and so so keep smiling. And I just realized that Catalina, my new partner and fiancé, and hopefully soon to be wife, is uh, doing a little bit more things in Bergabus this year. She has her own job on the mountain as well. But we want to make lasagna. Ooh. She makes an absolutely fantastic lasagna. And she wants to get a little bit more involved in making soups and those kind of things for Bergabus as well. Well, you've got more uh, more helping hands, so that's, yep. that's, that's, that's great. Nice. Just wanted to touch on, uh, I think, something else that people can expect this winter at Bagapur, right? You, I see a little pizza sitting here. Yeah, we just, uh, well, it started in the summertime, uh, people asking for pizzas. Yeah. And I said, well, it's not really my thing, it is related to baking. So I thought I'd give it a shot, made some pizzas, and people absolutely love it because I do it the Italian style really thin yeah. and three maximum four ingredients just have an italian pizza yeah for Lo a loaded with cheese and sauce and all kind of things and it's interesting because you said you went down the pastry line and not the bread line but uh, you know i can vouch for the fact that your dough and bread is pretty phenomenal so the pizza must be a byproduct of that pretty much yeah. well you have to try it pretty soon oh yeah 
tomorrow onwards. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for joining us. It was really a pleasure getting to know the man behind uh, Bugaboos. So, a uh, real pleasure having you on the show, Brad. Oh, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You gotta love it. Only in the Okanagan could a baker from the plains of Netherlands find his roots in a skeeve hill 1,609 meters above sea level. Thank you for your time, Frank. Next episode, we'll be staying at Silver Star and visiting in with a new business operator, Locks and Fox Baby Boutique. Stay tuned.